You ready to get in the Word this morning? God's presence is here. You know what? He makes the difference. I'm so I'm so glad. Uh, so grateful for the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Matthew chapter five. <clears throat> and I'm going to continue what I was talking about last week. Hallelujah! Great service we had last week, and it's a great service so far this morning. And appreciate all our volunteers, our worship team. So grateful for everything that everyone does from here, our children's ministries. And so give, give a hand to all of our volunteers and ministry of help, man. Just, uh, man, you guys are awesome. Hallelujah. So I've been, my aspect here of, of show me your glory and... This is, this is the year of days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. And, and what Annette and I have and, and been talking and sharing is about making room. Yeah. Making room. You know, a couple of weeks ago when Dr. Savelle was here uh, and talking about show me your glory. And, and one of the phrases he said was, was staying hungry. Are, are, you, are you hungry for the things of God? Are, are you hungry for the word? And as I said last week, if you're not hungry, why not? Yeah. You know, if you're not hungry, why not? It just lets us know that it might be something a little out of order in our lives if we're not hungry, right? So if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to, to go back and listen to that. But I want to read the scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. I mean, yeah, verse 8. <clears throat> Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Read that with me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, everything that you do comes from the position of your heart. Every decision you make, every choice you make comes from the position of your heart. And your position of your heart is based on whatever you have placed into your heart. Whatever you filled your heart with. And, and, and last week I talked about you know, the world just constantly pushes things into our hearts. Constantly, you know, uh, whether, you know, the things we see on TV, things we see in media, the things that we see in social media, it's constantly filling up our hearts. And all of a sudden, you know, God may want to do something, but you know what? We can't see what God wants to do because, because we're so filled with so many other things. Oh, that's good. You know, you know, blessed are the pure in heart. It, 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 we, we talked about motive. We talked about different things. And, but this morning, I want to talk about, as it pertains to the pure in heart, is not having a divided heart. Right. Not having a divided heart. You know, there's a scripture in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. You don't need to turn there. But Elijah's talking to the people and he says, how long are you going to, he says, he says limp and halt between two opinions. How long are you going to, are you going to limp and halt, go back and forth? You're going to stay at one and then you're going to limp over to the other one. How long are you going to go back and forth between two opinions? He said, he goes, if you're going to serve God, serve God. If you're going to serve Baal, serve Baal. So what, what was he dealing with? He was saying, he goes, you, you, it's not one or the other. It's one. It, it's not, it, it's not, um, God is not just a God. He is the only God. It's, 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 it's one it's, and, and, and in our lives, if we're not careful, even though we were going to church, we still may have a divided heart. You see, it's possible to be in the glory of God and not be changed by it. It's possible for you sitting here and us declaring days of glory, days of abounding, days of flourishing, but yet your life never go there. 
your life never changed beyond where it is right now. It's possible to hear the word of God and not be changed by it. You know, I, I, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the rich young ruler. You see, he came to Jesus and, and, and he went, came to Jesus. He called him master. He called him teacher, rabbi. He goes, you know, what must I do to, to have eternal life? And, and he says, well, you know, do this. And he goes, well, I've kept all those things from my youth. And he goes, and he goes, well, I've done that. I've kept all that from my youth. And he goes, what still do I lack? He, Jesus says, there's just one thing. He, he says, go sell all that you have, give to the poor and follow me. You see, here he was, was in the, in the presence of glory, was in the image of glory, was in the visible representation of the invisible God, looking at him face to face, giving him exactly what he needed to hear. But it said he walked away sorrowful because he had many things. So it's possible to be in the very presence of the glory of God and walk away sorrowful. You see, the issue was... I mean, he, in the natural, he, he was doing everything right in the natural as it pertains to the Jewish law. He, he kept all those things from his youth, but he had something else had control of him and it was money. It was covetousness. God's not against money. He's against covetousness. He, 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 he is a prosperous God. He's not a covetous God. And so, so the thing is, he's not against you having things. He's against things having you. And so here he was, the rich young ruler. He walked away sorrowful. Why? Because his heart couldn't be sold out to him. I can't do what he's asking me to do. Because he couldn't see, well, how am I going to get more? If I give everything away, how is God going to bless me? If I tithe, how is God going to come through? You know, and so, so this is the, the, the reality of it. And, and, and because what, what the disciple, what he told the disciples is, is because he, he said, you know, whoever leaves houses, lands, brothers in my sake and for the gospels receive a hundredfold in this life, not in heaven, in this life, meaning whatever you're going to give up for him, you're going to have it a hundred times greater. But the issue is, is where's your heart? You know, if you look at the hometown of Jesus, he goes and he ministers here. They had heard all the miracles that he had done, everything that he had accomplished and, and all that took place through his hands and his ministry. And it said, and it said he couldn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. One translation says, because they were offended in him. Cause see, they had a divided heart. They wanted the miracles, but they couldn't get past the fact that this is Mary's boy. See, there was something in their heart. There's, there, there's something in your heart. If you're not careful, there could be something in your heart that will control you the whole, your whole life, even though you wear the label Christian, even though you're going to heaven and, and, and heaven's going to be your home, but yet you struggle through life because you can't make the decision all out for him. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Jesus even talked to the Pharisees. And, and, and he, he, he calls them, you are whitewashed sepulcher, sepulchers, meaning you're a whitewashed tomb and you're, but, but you're full of dead men's bones. Meaning you look good on the outside, but something's not right on the inside. He goes, you you know, you clean the outside of the cup, but what's on the inside of the cup? You see, see, God is more interested in the heart. God is more interested in the heart. It's not about, you know, putting a suit on. No, what's in your heart? 
It's not about having the latest designer clothes. What's in your heart? It's not, it's not about driving the nicest car. It's what's in your heart. Now, God is not against any of those other things. The issue is, is he wants your heart. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Let's go to Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one. Thank you, Father. Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. Say, show me your glory. Hallelujah. Expectation building in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep this thought in mind. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Verse 21 in the Amplified says, Because when they knew and they recognized him as God... They did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. But instead, they became futile and godless in their thinking with their vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculations. And their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be smart, they made simpletons of themselves. And by them, the glory and majesty and excellency of the immortal gods were exchanged for and represented by images resembling mortal man, birds, and beasts, and reptiles. The King James says, And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like that of a corruptible man, and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Now get this. Here, they, they didn't... They knew him as God, but they didn't honor him as God. Meaning they knew he was God. They knew he was God, but they couldn't honor or glorify him as God. And what, and and because of that, they exchanged the glory of God for the weakness of what man can produce. Now get that they exchanged, meaning they had, they had the glory. They had everything they'd ever need. They exchanged the glory of the uncorruptible, meaning something that has no flaws. They, they traded for what had something that had no flaws. They exchanged it for something that had, was all about flaws. And they tried to make animals. They tried to do certain things. They wanted a God they could see. God, the Israelites were never to have a king over them. They were never to have a king over them. They said, we just want to be like every other nation. And not did they not did they just want to have uh, kings like other gods, but ultimately, see that's how the enemy works. First is we want a king like every other nation. Then it was like we want gods like every other nation. And and we want to we we want to we we want the glory, but but you know what? We still want all these other things. And see what is that? That is not having a pure heart because I'm divided. And I'm not saying that you're evil. I'm not saying that you're, that you're no good. I'm just saying that you have to make a decision if you want to see the fullness of what God wants in your life. They exchanged the glory of God for something that was corruptible. Hallelujah. Let me read 23 again. And by them, the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God was exchanged for and represented by images resembling mortal man and birds and beasts. Therefore, God gave them up for the lust of their own hearts. 
to sexual impurity, to the dishonoring of the bodies among themselves, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So not only did they exchange the glory of something incorruptible for something that was that had flaws, but really what it came down to is they exchanged a lie for truth. And it said they worshiped. They worshiped the creature rather than the creator. See, is it's what you're choosing to fill your heart with determines what you're worshiping. It's not what's coming out of you necessarily what's coming out of your mouth on a Sunday morning. It's, it's what does your life look like every day of the week? It's what are you doing with your life? What do you do with your finances? What do you do with your time? What do you do? See, because you're either going to be, you're going to either be glorifying something of, of God or you're going to be trying to make something man-made that cannot ever satisfy you. Let's go to First Timothy. Actually, I'm sorry, let's, let's go to um, Romans 3 real quick. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let's say that with me. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, we, we, when we look at the word sin, we think of an action that was taken. Instead of a position of the heart. The action was taken because of where the heart is. All have sinned. In, so th- this is all. This is everyone. This is, this is humanity. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The word fall short means to be void of or without. So here you can say all have sinned. And because all have sinned, all are without the glory of God. Now, as I was researching this and looking at some things, I was writing, looking at some things that were written back in the um, uh, 900 BC and was looking at some different rabbis re- readings of, of the rendering of the scripture and, and the, the, they all have sinned. And as I got looking at this and, and, and looking at different writings on this, and this is actually what all have sinned means. It means when you want, it, it means sin is when you wandered away from the path of honor. And when I got reading that, I was, I was reading some of these things and it said all have sin, meaning all have wandered away from the pathway of honor. And I saw that. I was like, wow, what, what, it, what is sin? It's pretty much a position of what you're choosing to honor or what you're choosing to dishonor. All have sinned. All have wandered away from that path of honor. And because they've wandered away from that path of honor, they, they are v- without the glory of God. 
Now, I'm not laying that on you as, as something to be heavy because I want you to know that, that Jesus has redeemed us. Jesus has justified us. Jesus has made us brand new. Jesus has purified us. See, we are no longer wandering in the pathway, uh, a pathway of dishonor anymore. We're, on, we're walking in the pathway of honor because of Jesus. But what I want you to see is this position of the heart is going to either cause you to operate with glory or operate without glory. You see, because it's still what I'm choosing to worship. And I'm not talking about the song we sing, lifting our hands. I'm talking about how you live your life. I'm talking about the focus of your life. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And so when I talk about honor, I'm talking about my life is going after. I'm not talking about you being perfect. I'm talking about your life pursuing him. Let's go to first Timothy chapter six. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this morning. So we'll, we'll pick up next week. If Thank you, father. First Timothy chapter six. And I want, I want us to look, for the rest of my time with you this morning, I want us to look at the life of Jesus. Can we do that this morning? Look at the life of Jesus. What, a, what is someone to follow on how he positioned his life? You know, Jesus wouldn't tell the disciples and those on, the, on the, the, that mountain that day. He would have told them something that he didn't operate himself. Jesus wasn't saying, this, is, this isn't for me, but this is for you in the future. And he wasn't saying, okay, this is just for you right now. No, he, he was talking to us as well. So when he said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. This is something that Jesus walked in. This is how Jesus lived his life. Amen. Do, do you believe that Jesus saw God? <laughs> he even said, no man has seen the father, but the son. So there's an aspect, this relationship that he had to see with the father. So, so let's look at his relationship. But I, I want to read this to you in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confess the good confession before many witnesses. In the presence of God who preserves alive all living things. Now get this, in the presence of God who preserves all living things and of Christ Jesus. Who is his testimony? Christ Jesus, who is his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I solemnly charge you now to keep all his precepts unsullied and flawless, irreproachable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what is he saying here? He's saying here, He's saying, fight the good fight of faith. And he talks about his confession. But what was the confession? This confession that Jesus had before Pontius Pilate. And then it says, and pay attention to the way he lived. Pay attention to how he spoke. Pay attention to how he did things. Because this is the good confession. This is how he lived his life. This is how you need to live your life. You need to look at Jesus because this is the confession. This is the testimony before Pontius Pilate. Are are you with me? Hallelujah. Now get the Christ who is the testimony, his Christ testimony, meaning this is how we can look at Christ and we can see how he lived. And this is how we should be living before he appears again. That's really what this is talking about, right? 
It's not, it's not these, it's not my idea of how I think I should live, but it's, I need to model my life with Jesus's life. And what part he said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Let's go to Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. Verse five. It says, and the devil takes him up into a high mountain and he showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whoever I will, I give it. Hallelujah. If thou with therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. Now get this here. Satan takes Jesus up. And says, everything that you see is yours. All you have to do is just bow down to me. All you have to do is worship me. You know, some people will say, oh, well, that was Jesus. You you have to see that this was a temptation. This was a temptation. If it wasn't a temptation, it, it, it wouldn't have said it was a temptation. This, this was a temptation. I mean, this is something after 40 days. This is something that, that, that the enemy was coming at Jesus saying, say, you know what? You want all this? All you have to do is just worship me. See, what was he trying to, what was he trying to get? He was trying to get Jesus to do what Eve did. To worship the creature rather than the creator. It was the position of his heart. It was blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So Jesus is saying, you know what? I choose not to worship. People say, well, well, Satan couldn't really have done that. Yes, he could have. He had the right to it. Satan gave him every, I mean, Adam gave Satan everything. Satan wasn't lying to him. It was his to give. Adam gave Satan the title deed to the earth. He gave him everything. And so all he was wanting, if you just worship me, I'll give everything to you. Verse eight says, and Jesus answered and said to him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall you serve him only shall you serve him only him only him only shall you get behind me, Satan, him only shall you Serve him only, him only. See, this is this is the example of Jesus. Jesus letting us know there's just there's just one God. There's just one God. Jesus let go of everything that say everything that's in this world that you see around you could have been Jesus's, but Jesus said, "I don't want to forfeit the greater. I don't want to forfeit the greater." Man, Satan said, in all the glory with it. He said, I'll give you all the glory of it. Yeah. So you have to recognize there's a greater glory when the, what this world can produce. Yeah. That's right. There's a greater glory that's available than just a temporary pleasure. There's a greater glory than a temporary high. There's a greater pleasure than, 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 than natural success. There's greater pleasure than that. There's a greater glory. But too often people, people settle for this temporary glory. And exchange and, and, and let go of 
what could have been. Thank you for a few of you there. That's <laughs> But this, this, this is all about the heart. This is what Jesus is talking to us about. Blessed are the pure in heart. It's, it's about what are you worshiping? What are you worshiping? Are you going to worship this? The, the, the natural thing? Because that can only bring temporary. But when you worship him. Wow. Wow. And so there's a lot of times we, we call, do I want to give up that? Well, I'll go to that, but do I, and we're back and forth. No, no, it's, it's, it's this all the way. It needs to be this all the way. And so you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. You know, without going there, Matthew 20, uh, Matthew 22 verses 37 talks about the great commandment. They ask him, what's the greatest of commandments? And he says, to love God with all your heart, all your soul. In all your mind. What does that look like? Love God. Just, just break that. The, just love God with all of your heart. All of your heart. See, that, that's beyond just why well, I, I go to church. No, it's like I choose to pursue you. I choose to run after you. I choose to, to what I feel, hear you telling me, Lord, I, I choose to step out on it. Whether, whether it's the smallest invitation to pray for someone or the greatest, the, 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 the greatest um, decision you ever made to go and live in another country. Whatever, but, it, but it all boils down to of, of all my heart. All my heart. Love God with all my heart. All my soul and all my mind. And please hear my heart. This isn't about you being perfect. This is, this is, this is about me ma- making you God conscious. This is about me making you con- conscious about what are you putting in your heart? What are you filling your heart with? What are you worshiping? Yes. Let's go to Matthew 6. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, this, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I, I talked a little bit ago about honor. And, and one of the greatest pictures of honor that I see is honor is something that's weighty. It's something heavy. It's something that, that it, it's like, I, I, I need to be careful with it. Where your treasure, if you have a treasure, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to lock it up. You're going to protect it. You're going to put video cameras on it. You're going you're to put sirens around it. You're going to have it connected so when it goes off, the police will be there in no time. Why? Because this is a treasure to you. This is, this is something important to you. Now, on the other side, dishonor. 
You know, the, the, the Greek picture that this gives is, 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 is steam. And you have to get out of the shower and the, and the, and the mirror steams up. That, and you can just take that and wipe that away. That's what dishonor is. It's just lightly. It's like if the, the, smoke was, if the smoke was in this room and we opened a window and what happened, that smoke would immediately escape. Why? Because there's no weight to the smoke. There's no, there's no value to it. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's just something that, 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 that isn't permanent. But, but when you have something that's a treasure, it's something that you value. Here it says, and where your heart is. That's where your treasure will be. What do you treasure? What do you treasure? I, I can see what you treasure, treasure based on what you do, where you go, what you spend most of your time doing. I, I can see your treasure. <laughs> Thank you, Father. You know, I, I mean, talking about, you know, talk, you know, years ago before I moved to Texas and in 1999, I had this, this, when the Lord first told me to come here, I had six months, seven months actually of, 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 am I really going to do this? Am I really going to step out? Can I really, can I really give up this salary that I'm making? Can I, can I really give up this? So, you know, I was tw- uh, mid, mid twenties, uh, making great money. Uh, at the time I had, had, you know, a two story house on, on an acre and a half of land. And man, it was do you know? I mean, I had a lot of natural things that were going well, but naturally, it was looking good. And so I had to, I had to battle back and forth. Well, well, I could, I could do, I could do a correspondence Bible school. You know, I could, I could, I could do one online, but God didn't tell me to do one online. I had a, I had a friend, a guy I knew that, that, that I worked with, and he had, he had gone to Rama. Well, he kept trying to talk me out of coming to, to JSMI because I went to Rama, and, well, Rama's better, and, and Rama's this. And I was like, you don't know anything about the other one. I didn't know any, any much about uh, JSMI at the time either. And so, but I had to still, it was the other voices trying to say, well, you could do that, or you could go there, or, or you could just stay here and do that. Well, maybe, maybe just wait another year after you pay off some of these things. Then, oh, but the thing is, it had to come down to, what am I going to worship? Am I going to worship the paycheck that I get every week? Am I going to worship? Am I going to worship the town I live in? Am I going to worship? You know, am I going to worship uh, the church that I go to? Am I going to? Because that's what if I chose to stay there, that's what I was doing. Uh, and, then that, and that's what I was doing because because based on where what my treasure was, this is more important to me than what God's telling me to do. And I just said, what if I didn't? What if I didn't leave Maryland? What if I didn't leave? You know what? Then I wouldn't have been able to see everything that God's done in my life since 1999. What do we miss out when we exchange the temporary for the eternal? You know, I, I mean, I just think, because that's really what it comes down to, because my destiny was here in Crowley, Texas. So, so the thing is, is that, man, yeah, I'm sure God would have done some cool things in, in the meantime. But you know what? I wouldn't have seen everything that I've seen up to this time. That's right. So where, where's your treasure? Where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. And therefore, the eye be single. Your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is single. 
Meaning it's one focus. It's one. If my eyes single, then my whole body will be full of light. See, that goes back to that divided heart too. Too often we we're looking at light and we're looking at darkness and we're trying, we're trying to say, okay. And we're back and forth, back and forth. We're, we're like a ship tossed to and to and fro. Verse 23, but if then I be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he'll hold to the one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Meaning you cannot serve God and natural things. Hallelujah. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Hallelujah. You can't serve two masters. I tried it. (laughs) Bought the (laughs) t-shirt. Man, if you could see what God has on the other side of your life of worship. Worship. So Jesus was really conveying to the enemy. That's really what he was conveying to the disciples in Matthew chapter 5 about hungering and thirsting. That's what he was conveying throughout his whole life was worship. That was Jesus' testimony. I think it's in John chapter 17. He says, verse 25, I believe it is. He says, I have known him continually. Man. And this is, Jesus is reflecting to you and I Based on his relationship. We're getting, we're getting an insight into Jesus' cell phone call to the Father. And we're getting to hear this call to the Father about his, his prayer and how, how the, the people that God has given him and his oneness with the Father and his, them, their oneness with him and, and, and that the world will know and believe that you sent me. And, and he goes on and, and, and he's talking to God and he says, you know, I have known you. Man. I have continued to know you. Meaning this, has been, this was Jesus' pursuit. I have continued to know you. Jesus was like, Vic, I want you to continue to know him. And Jesus said, I have continued to know you. I have continued to know you. George, he's saying, oh, I've continued to know him, George. I've continued. This has been his heart. This has been what he goes after. This has been his heartbeat. This is to, to, to know the Father. And, and even when he starts this prayer, I love it. He goes, Lord, restore to me the glory. Restore to me the glory that I had when I was with you before. Man, he was like, you know, I've, I've seen your glory flow through my life on this earth. But you know what? It's not like the glory that's there. It's not like the glory that's there. Yeah, there's a taste of glory and glory flowed through me. And I've seen God's glory here. But that's not like the glory I had when, with you. I believe it's John 17 verse 4. Man, restore to me the glory that I had when I was with you before. Not only that, and after in verse 26, he says, he goes, not only do I have fully known you, but he goes, but I will continue to make you known. Man, I will continue. Not only have I fully known you and and continue to know you, but you know what? I have continued to make you known. That should be the heartbeat of our life to continue to know him and to continue to make him known. 
Continue to know him and continue to make him known. Continue to know him and continue to make him known. Make him known. Man, that's what the life of a believer is built upon. Knowing him and making him known. Knowing him and making him known. Blessed are the pure in heart. Make life simple. It's about knowing him and making him known. Go to Revelations 19. And that's just two more verses and I'll close. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 9. I'm going to amplify it. It says, The angel said to me, Write this down. Blessed, happy to be envied are those who are summoned to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me further, These are the true words. The genuine, exact declarations of God. Now get this. These are the true words and these are the exact declarations of God. Verse 10. Then I fell prostrate at his feet to worship. Wow. To pay divine honor to him. But he restrained me and said, refrain. You must not do that. I am only another servant with you and your brethren who have accepted and hold this testimony born of Jesus. Now get this. Who hold this testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Period. This was the, the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. You want to grow in faith? Worship God. Pure heart. You know, in, in Mark chapter 11, it talks about have faith in God. What does it say? Do not doubt in your heart. See, it's, it's an issue. It's what's in our heart. So how are we going to change the doubt in our heart is going to come from what we worship. Giving ourselves to the word. Giving ourselves to his presence. That's how you change the heart. How you renew the mind. But the bottom line is this. The testimony of Jesus is worship God. Man, it can be so easy to, to make the gospel about so many other things. To make it about this or make it about that. But pure and simple, it's worship God. Let's go to Revelations 22. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, There shall no longer exist there anything that is accursed. I'm talking about in heaven. Detestable, foul, offensive, impure, hateful, or horrible. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall worship him. Meaning there's nothing else there except God, (laughs) the throne, and us worshiping. Verse 4, they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no more night. They have no need for lamplight or sunlight for the Lord God will illuminate them and be their light. And they shall resign as kings forever and ever. Through the eternity of the eternities. And he of the seven angels further said to me, these statements are reliable, worthy and genuine and true. 
in the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets has sent me his messenger angel to make known and exhibit to his servant what must soon come to pass. Meaning the same message I need to make known, just like verse chapter 19. Verse seven, and behold, I'm coming speedily blessed, happy to be envied is he who observed and lays to heart and keeps the truths of the prophecy contained in this book. And I, John, am he who heard and witnessed these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down before the feet of the messenger who showed them to me to worship him. But the angel said, don't worship me. You must not do that. I'm only a fellow servant along with yourself and with your brethren, the prophets, and with those who are mindful of and practice the truth contained in this, contained in the message of this book, worship God. The contents and the message of this book is worship God. Bottom line. Hallelujah. So when Moses says, show me your glory. I don't want natural glory. I've had it. I lived in Pharaoh's house. I've, I've seen this and I, I've seen all that, but I want your glory. I want your goodness. I want your power. I want your presence. So when we say, and we say every day, as, as our founding pastor told us, show me your glory. What are we saying? I worship you. I give myself to you. I worship you. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And we thank you, Father, for our hearts that you're ministering to this morning. I thank you for every single person's heart here, either they're here or watching by a way of internet, Father, that our hearts would be open, that our hearts have been receptive. And I thank you, Father, that we would leave here with this understanding of how important and how vital it is our life of worship. Thank you, Father. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your manifested presence in our lives. Thank you, Father, that we pursue you this morning. We pursue you this morning. We look to you. As it pertains to prosperity, we look to you. As it pertains to healing, we look to you. As it pertains to our future and our call, we look to you. That our testimony would be like that of Jesus. That I will continue to know you. And I will continue to make you known. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for hearts that worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's not about what you do during the music at a church. It's about bringing yourself under his word, bringing, your, bringing yourself into his presence. It's about a lifestyle of prayer. It's about a lifestyle of letting him use you. It's about a lifestyle of surrender. Amen. That's it, right letting go of something that's temporary to gain the Eternal. Mm. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. You've received something this morning? Hallelujah. Just place your hand on the person next to you. Now, this is the last couple of weeks have been more pastoral messages, <laughs> but I believe it's important. I believe it's important because, because every, it says out of our heart flows the issues of life. And what's going to flow out is depending on what's in it. And just as a church family, as a church body, I just want you to, to just pray, pray over each, each uh, the person on your left and your right. Just, just, just an awakening to their purpose. Awakening to their calling. Awakening to how much God loves them. You don't know what the person on your left and right came in with this morning. You, you don't know that. You don't know what they're facing. You don't know the, the battles they had in, in their minds and, and, and wh- what they might have gone on, what's where they faced in the past and how, how, many, how much defeat they've experienced. But, but know that God has a plan. Know that God has a plan. He has a purpose. And it's about, it's about what you do, not just during a prayer time, but it's what you do when you leave here today. And it's, and it's as a church family praying over each other and receiving into our own hearts this heart of worship. This heart of pursuing God, this, this heart of running after God, this, this heart of knowing him and making him known that it would be what makes us tick and, and, and be our greatest, that our greatest purpose would be to know him, that our greatest purpose would put no other gods before us to, would be to seek after him. And I guarantee as you seek after him, he will, he will knock off all the rough edges Like I said, it's not about your perfection. It's about a yielded life to let him shape it. Let him mold it. Be that, be that pottery, be that pottery on the, on that, on the potter's wheel. And as you're on the potter's wheel and, and, and you are knowing him and making him known, you allow him to, to, to remove things out of your life. You will allow him to, to, he'll allow, he'll, you allow him to not make you comfortable with things of this world, not be comfortable with the things that you used to be comfortable with. Allow him to, to, to pour into you. Allow him to wash over you. Allow him to renew you. Allow him to strengthen you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, Father. Oh, Father, our hearts are coming up. Our hearts are coming up. Our hearts are coming up with hunger. Our hearts are coming up with purpose. Our hearts are coming up, coming up, coming up to new ways of thing, th- seeing things. Hallelujah. Coming up to the way that you see us. Hallelujah. You see us prosperous. You see us rich. You see us wealthy. You see us fulfilled. You see us anointed. Hallelujah. You see us. Hallelujah. Strengthening our brothers and our sisters. You see us greater. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You know, he doesn't love you for how good you are or what you can do for him. He loves you for you. And I just hear him just over the last couple weeks kind of drawing us in to the greater things he has for each one of us. Drawing us into a life of abounding, a life of, life of flourishing, life of his goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. Mm. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. You're so good. Or Cassie, you have anything? You good? Mm. Hallelujah. You received something this morning? Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.